everyone. We're uh, having too much fun talking this morning. So if I were to say, the peace of Christ be with you, what would you say? Have you ever been in a church, or has this church ever done what we would call the passing of the peace, where people get up and do that with each other? Was it about a minute and a half long? Really? You got it all done in a minute and a half? No. The, the, the passing of the peace, which we'll talk a little bit about in the scripture reading, is one of those things that they make funny videos about, about how the, uh, a total loss of control, because everybody's going around, they're sharing recipes, they're talking about good morning, how are you, how are the kids, da 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 I remember when I started going to church in college. And in church, and all of a sudden, the pastor says, would you all please rise and exchange the peace of Christ with one another? What does that mean? And then what I realized is that people were saying things like, good morning, good morning, oh, it's good to see you, hi. And there were people hugging and shaking hands and doing all kinds of things. And I thought, well, what is this? I actually didn't think it at the time because I didn't know any better. Passing the peace of Christ has been a part of church tradition since Jesus. He's the one that started it. And it has evolved and disappeared and reappeared. And even in the communion liturgy, which we use each week, it says, and you can respond with the appropriate response, says, the Lord be with you. Not the same. If you look at other parts, communion services, it'll say, peace be with you. And you would say, and also with you. The idea is that as we come to this place, that we find a rightness, a sense of belonging, a sense of knowing that we are in the presence of Christ and that we're in the presence of other people who believe in Jesus Christ, maybe looks different, sounds different. But the truth is, is that the passing of the peace is a marker of who people of faith are called to be. Peacemakers. Peacemakers in relationship. And so I'd like us to join in a word of prayer in this time when the ways we used to make peace with one another we don't have so available to us, and yet we remember. Let's pray. Wonderful God, we come and we are mindful that there have been times when we have shared peace with handshakes and hugs 
and naked faces, looking at each other with smiles or in tears, being able to wrap someone in I've missed you hug or clap someone on the back. Lord, we come to this place where we think about this peace of Christ being with us and we think about coffee shared and fellowship time and all of that. And we grieve. And yet, Lord, this morning as the snow is falling beautifully outside, I invite you and your Holy Spirit to come among us and help us to realize, recognize that truly you have come among us to help us to be at peace with you and with one another. And so may peace be with us. Amen. with me.
Color Guard, present the colors. Troop salute. May you please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Two, scout sign, scout oath, on my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country, to obey the scout laws, to help other people at all times, and to keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. Scout laws. Scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, reverent. Two. Color guard, post the colors. Color guard dismissed. Please be seated. Thank you, dear. Thank you to the Boy Scouts. In case you didn't notice, it's Boy Scout Sunday. And let's, uh, let's give them some thanks. How many people here have been associated with some version of scouting? Yay. Um, I was a brownie once. Um, but you know what? When I was a brownie, there was a measles epidemic, and all the, all the troops were shut down. I didn't even think about that until just now, that it wasn't the Spanish flu in the 1800s, um, <laughs> but it was a measles epidemic before they got everybody vaccinated. Um, it is good to see you this morning. For those of you I have not met, my name is Kathy Stengel, and I'm one of the pastors on the, the clergy staff here, and so grateful to be with not only those of you who are here in the space, but those who are watching online. Um, it's sort of Christmas eve out there, isn't it? Um, so be safe, but I think it's one of those kinds of snow that if you get bored during the sermon, you can just look out the window. Wait, no. So we have a lot going on. And one of the things I want to share about is the, the, the mission uh, moment. Uh, we are collecting food for the, um, the Pendleton Food Pantry. And you can see it up there, and you can see the shelves and... What we want to do is make sure that those shelves stay full. And for those of you who um, think about buying food for the food shelf and uh, bringing it here down in Mission Alley or out by where you sign in, um, think about what you would want um, that's not perishable. So no steak or hot dogs, things like that. Think about what your kids eat. Also, think about what someone can easily cook or eat without the ability to cook. 
think about like a can of beans or something that has the pop top instead of requiring a can opener. Think about um, SpaghettiOs and uh, I asked last night if they still make SpaghettiOs and I was told yes. Do they still make raviolios? No? I'm guessing probably not. But anything like that that can be eaten in, in a way that doesn't require a stove or a pan, things like that, plus all the usual macaroni and cheese, lots of cereal, it doesn't matter what kind, but just remember it's something if you would eat it, then give it. If it's something you would never touch in a hundred years, please don't buy it. Please don't put in our food pantries what you wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. So, enough said. Um, food for the food pantry, we welcome um, all the donations. And um, now I'm going to turn it over to the salesperson of the year. Come on, Carl. Good morning. It's fish fry time again almost. Uh, the 19th is when we'll be starting our Lenten fish fries. Just like in the fall, it's going to be drive-through, order online. If you uh, know someone who has trouble doing that, maybe you can help them out ordering for that, those people. Um, last time we did make some allowances for people paying by check if they called the office before. I'm not sure if we're going to do that again, but... You know, it, it's some people, like I said, aren't too familiar or not too comfortable with doing it online. So um, hopefully we can do that. But if you're interested in helping out with the fish fry, um, since there's no clipboards or anything like that, call me, please, 238-3729. You can get my number from the church if you call there. And uh, I will find a place for you. Not every week, since we have more people, I think, like we did in the fall, than there are spots for people. But... We try to get as many people involved as possible, and hopefully we will have a successful fish fry. Let uh, all your friends know, and uh, because that's the best thing, word of mouth. So thank you very much. Now let me say that we can't pass clipboards or have everybody touching clipboards, but he does have one. So he can hold it, and he can write on it, and you can give him your name. And Isn't that right, Carl? Yes. One of the uh, thrilling, honored uh, things that I've had the opportunity to be a part of is Cory Margarucci's Eagle Scout um, ceremony, as well as the Court of Honor. And Cory is going to share a thankful moment with us. Where is he? There he is. Uh, I'm Corey Margarucci. I've been a member of the church for six years, and I've been a member of the Scouts for as long as I can remember. Uh, I remember when I first joined, uh, I was very new to the church, and I was so excited to do Scouts because my best friend, Jack Putney, was in it. It was going to be a great time, and I have had a great time with Scouting. It's been one of the, I mean, I haven't had the longest life so far, but it's definitely been one of the highlights of it. Um, I remember doing cooking with Mr. Joseph and hearing all of his screaming. And I remember doing all of the Italian night dinners, which were always fun, and everybody enjoyed them. And what I remembered most was 
my experience over the summer rock climbing when we went to a high adventure camp. I absolutely loved doing outdoor rock climbing, and ever since, I continue to go rock climbing. And these are experiences that I would have never had had I not done scouting. Scouting has been a huge impact on my life. I've learned uh, how to set up tents, how to start fires, lots of things that could be useful if you needed it, but also lots of other things like how to be a good person, um, how to do taxes, and how to be a responsible citizen in the community. What I'm most grateful for is the church and letting us use their building and helping us with whatever we need, whether it's letting us do the Italian night dinners, which we missed this year, and uh, letting us use the balls to play a game at uh, one of our meetings. I'm extremely thankful to have scouting in my life. I'm glad to have finished it and gotten my Eagle Scout. Thank you. And now, in a spirit of gratitude, we will um, receive our offering of your hearts and lives um, in the way that we've done it during COVID, which isn't by passing anything. Uh, we have boxes if people want to donate out there, but mostly this is a place where we say thank you, God, for this church, for a place for scouts to grow, for how God has blessed us. So as you listen to this music, I invite you to just be grateful. Thank you. like me maybe we don't agree maybe that doesn't mean we gotta be enemies maybe we just get brave take a big leap of faith call a truce so me and you can find a better way let's take some time open our eyes look and listen
Gracious Lord, we are always amazed by the way you pour out all your gifts to us. Pouring out without reservation, pouring out without limit, pouring out in ways we could not even count. Lord, please accept the gift back to you from the very bottom of our hearts as it goes for the honor and glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Take your seat. Good morning, church. It is, indeed a G- it is indeed a joy to see so many of your faces here today. For those of you who have not met me in person, I am Scott, and I am also part of your pastoral team, and it is a pleasure to be in prayer with you this morning. We come to this time of conversation with God where we open our hearts so that we might lay our burdens down before him, come on behalf of those whom we love, who we know, and we hope we will see God touch in a special way as well as lift up those praises, those ways in which God has done great things to us, for us, through us, and around us. So let us come together before our God in prayer. Lord, your people do gather this morning, and we gather amazed. Amazed by the ways in which you continue to touch our lives. Some of those touches are gentle, and they surround us, and they caress us. And they lift us up. Some of those touches have a little more force to them. And you pick us up when we refuse to move. You push us a little bit when we are scared to take a step forward. And yet in all of it, in all of it you bring us to a place that is better. A place that is your hope for us. A place that keeps us moving with you. And we are amazed by the grace you continue to show. As we come today, Lord, we are also amazed by the ways in which you continue to work in the lives of those around us. The ways in which we have seen people overcome amazing challenges. The ways we have seen people face obstacles. The ways in which 
You have carried people through storm after storm. And yes, Lord, we come amazed. Amazed at the ways in which people are blessing one another. The ways in which people are willing to share what they have. The ways in which people give so freely of themselves. That we all might know blessing and benefit through those who would claim your name. And as we come this morning, Lord, we do know that there are still many challenges around us. We continue to work through this pandemic, this virus that has taken so many lives, this virus that has many who are ill and struggling. Lord, please reach out as only you can. Go where only you can to bring about healing and health. Also, Lord, work in the hearts of those who are providing care, both those who do it professionally and those who are giving that care and love at home and in other ways. Lord, for those who are in need, for those who are struggling, whether it is to put food on a table, to find shelter and warmth in the midst of this winter weather, those who have broken relationships or those who feel alone and are in need of some sort of support. Lord, work through your people. Help us to be indeed the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus to this broken and hurting world in so many ways. Or whether you use us or whether you work on your own, Lord, we come on behalf of those who are hurting, that they might see your hand in this way. And Lord, for all that is on our hearts today, those things that are not spoken, those things we know about and those things we don't, but Lord, we would lift your name because we know your will for us is good, your plan for us is good. And even if we fall aside, even if we trip along the way, we do come amazed by grace. And we do come on behalf of those who need to feel what only you can do. Those who need to hear what your word can give. Those who need to know what your presence can mean. So Lord, we thank you. And we thank you most importantly for the gift of your son, Jesus, the Christ who makes all things possible. The one who saved us, not we ourselves. For it is in his name we pray today. Amen. Today's scripture reading comes from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19, and Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. 
Then go and offer your gift. This is the word of the Lord. Chapter 5 is full of relationship advice. And we've been doing this series about who are you? Who am I? Who are we? And today it's about right relationships. So this particular piece, and if you glance at chapter 5 in Matthew, um, you see if you just look at the headings, There's the Beatitudes. This is all part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, preaching. And so there's the Beatitudes. There's the you are the salt of the earth. Don't lose your flavor. There there are words about laws, laws of murder, laws of adultery, the law of divorce, solemn pledges, law of retaliation, law of love. And then in 6, it goes on. Um, to more of the thoughts and rules and what Jesus was teaching. But this particular little verse, if you're going to bring your gift to the altar, which back then they would have brought, maybe it would have been uh, an animal sacrifice. We're not going to spend too much with that. But it might have been like a basket of corn. It might have been... Uh, bread, it might have been a basket of wheat, it might have been, it might have been. But the, 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 the call was, before you think about bringing your gift to this altar, if there was someone in this place for them in the temple that had something against you or you had something against, before you bring that gift to the altar, go and make it right with them before you do that. Now, I want to go back to the whole idea of passing the peace. Um, Last night I talked about it and I got part of it wrong, which was that uh, last night I said youth group, it was really a confirmation class that was learning about worship. They were learning about all the different parts of worship. And so along came the part where they were um, learning about the passing of the peace. And the confirmation class basically was like, it just seems like a bunch of people saying hello to each other. Like, there are people that you think, do I want somebody I don't know to come up? Do I want to go to somebody I don't know and say the peace of Christ be with you? And that you can imagine at confirmation age that that might be a little bit awkward. I heard a brand new uh, pastor who didn't like the way the passing of the peace had been being done, and he decided to try something new. And he said, all right, everybody turn to someone you don't know and ask them to share something about themselves that you don't know. I, as the supervisor of that pastor went. I was sitting next to a 14-year-old that I'd never met. And so we had a little conversation, but I was quick to say, we don't really 
have to do that because we don't know each other. Um, but the confirmation class that first started talking about this um, thought that in their context, in the time that they were together, that they could um, ask some, instead of doing it that way, they could ask each other some questions. Who inspires you? What are you afraid of? And what place feels sacred to you? Now, can you imagine doing that in the context of passing the peace? It would be all we would do. Uh, well, wait a minute. Maybe it wouldn't be all we would do because mostly people would be like, what? What? You want me to talk about what I'm afraid of? Um, the passing of the peace has changed over history. And it has, in some churches and denominations, disappeared entirely. Um, I shared last night, and I have to share it again because Dan Putney's here, um, that I was in this congregation, I was visiting, and they said, you know, would everybody turn to each other and pass the peace of Christ and greet one another, and if there's someone you don't know, make sure you greet them. Well, somebody, and I found out last night, Dan is five foot ten. this was a church with pews, and this man literally stepped over the pews to get to me as the visitor. And I was like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And he had two things in his hand. He had a box of offering envelopes, and he had the nominating report. Hmm, I'm not sure that that's what this is about. And thank you, Dan, for not being that person. The passing of the peace historically came from passages like this in Scripture. When Jesus would teach, he would often say, peace be with you. Um, but the reality was that as the church began to create a culture of sharing in the sacrament of communion, the passing of the peace was this passage, which was to make right your relationships before you receive communion. Because when you receive communion, you're receiving the blessing of forgiveness, the blessing of the fact that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for what? For us. For us so that our sins are forgiven no matter what they are. And that we can start a new day in faith. So the question then becomes... How do we get our lives all cluttered up with our disagreements and our grudges and our things that we hold on to? Do we really receive the gift of grace and communion when we carry those things? Relationships. And when you look at this passage and you think about, and I took my paper out, so hang on just a minute. They, when you think about this particular passage, let's, let's take it apart a little bit. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with their brother or sister will be in danger of judgment. If they say... I got it wrong. So, um, therefore... 
If you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and go. First make things right with your brother or sister and then come back and offer your gift. There's some steps in here which I think can help us with relationships no matter whether there are grudges or difficulties between any of us. Jesus said go. Go. Go to the person who might have something against you. Go to the person that you might have something against. How many of you think that's easy? Anybody think that's easy? How would you say how often you have experienced that in your life? And I don't mean in the context of church, but just in general relationships. How many people have found that they've experienced that five or less times in their life? Ten or less? Twenty? Hundred? Maybe it's hard to say. Why is it that we have trouble with this passage? Why is it that we have trouble with Jesus' instructions to go to another that we might have a problem with, but not with an agenda of convincing or condemning or compelling, but just to make it right? Why is that hard? Well, if we think about other parts of Scripture that tell us You know, love one another as you love yourself. Love one another as I have loved you. That if we feel truly loved by God, which is a struggle for so many of us to fully accept it. Because if we fully accepted it, then we could go to another person and say either I'm sorry or can we talk about what's going on. And we wouldn't be afraid that we would somehow be less. Because it's often embarrassment or anger or frustration or a fear of strong feelings or an unwillingness to admit that we're wrong that keeps us from one another. When I do um, work with couples before they get married, um, it's it's not really, um, it's deep but it's not like spill your guts deep. But I asked them, so I asked them several things, but one of them is, what do you do when you get angry with each other? I've had a number of couples say, well, we don't get angry with each other. I'm like, wait, do you live together? Yeah, we live together, which is more commonly the case. And, and, And you don't ever get angry with each other? Well, well, not very much. Well, that's fine. But what do you do? Some couples just go their separate ways. You know, get some time out. Some couples yell and carry on and and argue until it's either resolved or it's not. Some couples start to get angry and then they realize, you know what, that's really not worth being upset about. That's what I think the longer you're married, the easier it is to do that. Like, wait, why? Why are we arguing about this? 
It's not the same when it's friends or co-workers. So Jesus says to go. He doesn't say... He says, if your brother or sister has something against you, that means that you're going to the person who you know is angry or hurt with you, and you're inviting them to talk about it. It's one of the hardest things in relationships that we can do. One of the hardest things. Because we're going, as Jesus says, go, which means don't wait for them to come to you. Don't wait until you hope that they move to Texas and you never have to deal with it again. But go to them. And at the very least, open the door to have some conversation. Because you know something's wrong. This isn't about leaving a dirty dish on the counter or forgetting to respond to an email. Leave your gift on the altar and go. Make things right. Now, here's another voting question. Can we always make it right? We can't. We can't always make it right. We can't. And the more we try and fixate on it, the bigger it gets, the madder we get, the more hurt we get, and the more abandoned we feel. You know, people who had difficult relationships with parents or grandparents or relatives who didn't get to resolve some of those feelings struggle with letting that go because they never got to figure out why did this happen and be heard. So make it right. Sometimes all making it right is is just acknowledging. I think when I said that, I think when I did that, I think I might have hurt your feelings. Or I might have treated you as though you didn't know what you were talking about. And I, I'm, I'm sorry for that. Which is the other part. How many would say, how many of you would say that apologizing is relatively easy for you? It's okay if it is. How many of you would say that sometimes apologizing is just so you can get out of the argument? Now you're maybe not being honest. Um, The scriptures tell us, do these things before you bring your gift all the way to the altar. Historically, This was a place of reconciliation. This was a place in the service of worship where during the time of Holy Communion, people would have the chance to reconcile with each other. Now, we haven't been together very long, and some of you have never been here when I've been leading worship I'm just going to ask you to trust that I'm not going to ask you to do that. I'm not going to ask you to travel around the sanctuary if you have a difficulty with someone and make it right this morning. But as we prepare to receive communion, 
my invitation is that we think about that passage. And maybe think about it in this season of life that's been so insecure, whether it's, doesn't matter if it's COVID or cancer or, you know, a stroke or whatever it is. Is there anybody here who doesn't realize how fragile life can be? And the youth are excused from that because I hope they don't feel like life is so fragile. How many days are we promised? Anybody? Right now. This is what we have. That doesn't mean that we're going to die. I'm telling you, that doesn't mean that we're going to die, although nobody gets out of here alive. But the truth is, what I'm saying is, this scripture passage is not a passage about shame. It's not a passage about, you do this or you're going to get in trouble. It goes back to Deuteronomy. Do this so that you may live. Do this so that you may be unencumbered, so that you may not carry so much weight around with you. Do this so that you truly might experience the peace of Christ which passes all understanding. When Paul wrote the epistles, every single one of those letters is written, grace and peace be with you. And what it means is grace of forgiveness in Jesus Christ and the peace of knowing that forgiveness. And so here we are. We're going to share in communion, and Scott's going to come up and lead us in that time. And so I am going to say to you something, and then you're just going to say it back, but you're not saying it to me, and I'm not saying it directly to you. You're saying it to everybody, and I'm saying it to everybody. We'll do it in two parts. May the peace of Christ be with you. If I have caused you harm, forgive me. May the peace of Christ be with you. It is indeed a gift to be able to come to the Lord's table and a gift to be able to come knowing that we have indeed put our burdens to the side and come as the best we can because the table is open and it is a gift of our Lord. So let us ready our hearts as we prepare to partake in what our Lord has freely given. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the earth, 
From everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed life into us. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, in whom you revealed yourself, our light and our salvation. In his baptism and in table fellowship, he took his place with sinners. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks to you, and he broke that bread, and he gave it to all of his disciples. And he said, take and eat, because this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you. Then he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and drink from this, all of you. For this is my blood, the sign of the new covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Every time that you drink this, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ. We offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on, these, on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. At this time, I would invite you to remove your mask and take your elements. Start with the side that has the cracker on it. And take it, and as you do, I want you to remember that this is the body of Christ, which is given for you. And we open up the other side. And there we find this is the blood of Christ, which was shed for you. As you receive this gift to us from our Lord, remember what he has done, remember who he is, and give thanks. Would you stand and worship God with me? Even though we're not singing, you can dance or worship or speak the words.
I want to live like that. How about you? There are only, well, let me put it this way. It's amazing how you can walk from here to there and lose your train of thought. It is never too late. It is never too late to do just a few things. As long as you have breath within you, it is never too late to say yes to Jesus. It is never too late to say, I love you. It is never too late to say, I'm sorry. And it is never too late to say, I forgive you. It is never too late because I want to live like that. May we live in the peace that passes understanding together. Amen.